morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Tuesday, November 21st. It's also runoff election day with polls open from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. for voters who live in areas where a runoff is being held. On this date in 1973, President Richard Nixon's attorney, Fred Buzzhart, revealed the existence of an 18-and-a-half-minute gap in one of the White House tape recordings related to Watergate. And on this date in 1980, 87 people died in a fire at the MGM Grand Hotel in Las Vegas. And here's your morning trivia question. On this date in 1980, the world found out who shot J.R. when the primetime soap revealed the solution to a cliffhanger that had people on the edge of their seats. But how was the shooter connected to Larry Hagman's J.R. Ewing character? I'll have that answer coming up. But first, let's check in with the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center for your Tuesday forecast. And good Tuesday morning. I'm meteorologist Joey Sovine. Some scattered showers as you head out the door this morning. Temperatures in the 50s and 60s will climb into the 70s as we head in the afternoon. A little warmer today, but it is going to be fairly cloudy. There will be a few kind of hit or miss showers both this morning, this afternoon. Then we'll be a little drier this evening. We'll catch a break. And then a cold front heads our way. That'll increase the rain chance again tomorrow morning. So we'll likely be wet. Do want to give you a first alert to that tomorrow morning out the door. So any travel next 36 hours. It is going to be unsettled out there. After that, tomorrow afternoon into Thanksgiving, start to dry things out, but we do cool back down. High temperature on Thanksgiving at 63. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast, powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. Today is a very big day for those of you who live in the city of Charleston. Today's runoff election will determine the city's next mayor. Incumbent Mayor John Tecklenburg and challenger William Cogswell are vying for the seat. Our Autumn Klein spoke with both of those mayoral candidates and joins us live to tell us what, what, what they want to tell voters. Hey, Autumn. Good morning, guys. In just a few hours, voters will head to the polls to choose who they think should be the next leader of the city of Charleston. In the November 7th election, William Cogswell surpassed John Tecklenburg by just a little over 1,200 votes. Cogswell received 36% of votes, while Tecklenburg received 32%. Because neither candidate received more than 50% of the vote, a runoff was necessary. When asked about their plans for the city, Tecklenburg says he wants to continue the work he's been doing in regard to public safety, affordable housing, and flood protection, while Cogswell says he wants to change Charleston in a positive way and put the residents first. I spoke with both candidates, and this is what they wanted to say to voters. I say let's continue this important work of keeping our city and community safe, of providing opportunities for our kids, of, of thinking about our education system as well, of protecting our city long-term from flood risk, of providing more affordable housing for our community. Those are the things I'm passionate about and working on, and I ask everyone to continue to work on those things with me. Please get out there. I mean, we've done a lot of work. Uh, you all have done a lot of work. Uh, and I think to people that if they're happy with what's been going on for the past eight years, you know who to vote for. But if you want positive change, you want to find pragmatic solutions to our problems, then I'm your guy and make sure you cast your ballot. Polling locations will be open today from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. To find where to vote, you can go to live5news.com. Live in North Charleston, Autumn Klein, Live 5 News. 
Charleston's mayoral race is just one of three runoff races coming to a head today. Yeah, two local council seats are also up for grabs. First, fighting for Peter Shade's former spot in Charleston City Council District 9 are William Tinkler and Mike Gaston. Tinkler came away with 40% of the votes in the general election, totaling just over 1,300. Meanwhile, Gaston garnered 27 percent, 435 less than his opponent. And then over in Folly Beach, Billy Grooms and Ann Peets are facing off for the city's final council seat. Catherine Houghton and Chris Bazell won the other two open seats two weeks ago. Grooms is the incumbent. He's been serving for four years, while Peets has been an involved resident for many years. Remember, you can still vote in the runoff elections, even if you didn't vote in the original November 7th election. Again, those polls are open from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. We move now to national elections. It is time to mark your calendars. The dates and locations of the three 2024 presidential debates are official. The first presidential debate will take place on September 16th at Texas State University in San Marcos, Texas. The second debate will be held at Virginia State University in Petersburg, Virginia. And October 1st and the third and final debate will take place on October 9th at the University of Utah in Salt Lake City. The single vice president debate will take place on September 25th at Lafayette College in Easton, Pennsylvania. Details about the moderators and formats will be announced next year. Former South Carolina governor and presidential hopeful Nikki Haley took her campaign to New Hampshire while holding the first town hall of her current stint in the state. She was unable to get an endorsement from state governor Chris Sununu despite him attending the event. Last week, her opponent, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, was asked about becoming Haley's vice president, which he laughed off. Now Haley was asked about who she would like as her running mate. The reality is that I haven't even thought about like a vice presidential candidate, but I can tell you what I know I want. What I want is I don't care what gender they are. I don't care what race they are. What I want is someone that's willing to go in there and do the hard work because this is going to be a brutal eight years. Haley also addressed rumors that former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie could become her running mate, saying while he is her friend, she's focused on winning voters in the room and back in her home state first. Loud popping sounds that sound like gunshots are any shopper's nightmare. And that's exactly what employees say they heard at Northwoods Mall in North Charleston on Saturday. On Saturday, North Charleston police responded to the mall for reports of a shooting, but later identified the incident as a smash-and-grab robbery at the Zales Jewelry Store. While an incident report describes what the suspect was wearing, no arrests have been made. Police say there have been eight robberies, some armed, in or around Northwoods Mall and the property since 2021. In response, the security team overseeing the mall plans to have extra hands on site through the holiday season for your safety. Police made a second arrest in the Morgan State University mass shooting. Last month, five people were hurt in that shooting as students prepared for homecoming festivities. Now police say 18-year-old Javon Williams was arrested and charged with attempted murder on Friday, all in connection to that shooting. Officials described him as violent and said he had a warrant for charged relating to a separate drug and gun conspiracy case. Authorities are still offering up to a $9,000 reward for additional information leading to an arrest and charges. 
The Berkeley County School District is one step closer to implementing some new guidelines on sexual and pornographic content in books and other teaching materials within the district. Last night, a committee met to create these recommended guidelines to present to the school board after the policies were last updated back in 2011. Emily Johnson tells us more about what policies they approved at that meeting. The two policies the committee is recommending new guidelines for are the IFAA policy, which is textbook selection and adoption, and the IFBDAA, which is selection of materials for school library media centers. The textbook policy recommendations the committee approved for the board include parents should have the ability to have access to a textbook all year long for each of their children for any class or course. Another guideline is that the district should provide transparency in the content within each textbook and communicates that with parents on any textbook that is not on the state approved list. And finally include supplemental materials as well as classroom libraries and have them follow the same approval policy as textbooks. Textbooks. As for the policy recommendations for library media centers, which include library books, the committee approved adding a state code, which includes content that does not violate crimes and offenses, offenses against morality and decency and obscenity, material harmful to minors, child exploitation, and child prostitution. The last proposed guideline is if an educator does not follow the policy, there would be steps to address it and there would be legal ramifications. These policies will soon be presented to the school board, but is not yet known exactly when that will be happening. In the newsroom, Emily Johnson, Live 5 News. Members of another committee, the Instructional Materials Review Committee, are also reviewing 93 books that have been challenged. Some of them say they're concerned the guidelines created last night will undermine the decisions they've made about the challenge books. They also have questions about how the members of this committee were chosen since their committee, the Instructional Materials Review Committee, was open to the public. I am unaware of any public notification at all to allow people to volunteer to be considered for the, to sit on this meeting. It appears to me that it was a very hand-picked committee. Well, I think it can completely undermine our recommendations because, you know, it's basically whatever um, the board decides gets taken out based on these recommendations they made today. Berkeley County School District's public information officer Katie Tanner says the school board approved this evaluation committee last November and was specific about who had to be represented. She adds there were not public signups for the committee because executive directors sent in specific names and says the committees are completely independent of one another. At the top of the show, I mentioned that on this date in 1980, an estimated 83 million people found out who shot J.R. on Dallas. The shooter was Kristen Shepard, played by actress Mary Crosby. Her character was J.R. Ewing's sister-in-law. Celebrating birthdays on this Tuesday, actress Lawrence Luckinbill is 89. Actress Marlo Thomas is 86. Actress Goldie Hawn is 78. Christian singer Stephen Curtis Chapman is 61. And actress Jenna Malone from the Hunger Games films is 39. Be sure to tune into Live 5 News tonight for runoff election coverage and the final counts after polls close at 7. And thank you again for joining us for Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Morning, y'all, is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. 
Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.